Hey all, this is Sean Gerber. Thank you for listening today, but before we get started, I have a couple of questions for you. Are you caught in the daunting maze of CISSP preparation, unable to find your way forward? That's precisely where I found myself when I began studying for the CISSP. Overwhelmed would be an understatement. There are now an ocean of CISSP training programs available, and are you unsure which ones to trust? I remember the struggle, but there was nothing accessible to me outside of the pricey boot camps. And that's precisely why CISSP Cyber Training came into existence, to illuminate your pathway towards acing the CISSP exam. At CISSP Cyber Training, I've forged the CISSP blueprint into a step-by-step guide to navigate you through the intricacies of the CISSP journey designed to provide you the direction and guidance you need to pass the CISSP exam confidently. But don't just take my word for it. Listen to what one of my students, Kevin Fallon, had to say about the CISSP blueprint. This is precisely what I needed in your course, direction. The blueprint is the perfect roadmap to stay on track. I appreciate its clarity and tangible sense of progress it brings. A phenomenal tool for revision. And then there was another from Christopher Wagstaff. Sean Gerber, your guidance was invaluable throughout the CISSP study and certification process. Thank you for breaking the monotony. Once you've wrapped up with the podcast, make your next stop, CISSPCybertraining.com, and let's together turn the tide in your favor, meeting your CISSP goals and catapulting your career in cybersecurity. Now, without further ado, let's get going. Giddy up. Welcome to the CISSP Cyber Training Podcast where we provide you the training and tools you need to pass the CISSP exam the first time. Hi, my name is Sean Gerber, and I'm your host for this action-packed, informative podcast. Join me each week as I provide the information you need to pass the CISSP exam and grow your cybersecurity knowledge. All right, let's get started. Hey, all, Sean Gerber with CISSP Cyber Trading, and I hope you all are having a beautiful day today. Today is Thursday, exam question Thursday. So we are going to get into some exam questions around domain four, domain four of the CISSP exam. And this kind of falls in line with what we talked about on Monday as it relates to domain four and the VoIP, uh, SIP, RTIP. R, RTP, all of these aspects of aspect around VoIP. And so we're going to get into some questions as it relates to Domain 4 and Voice over IP, along with a few others that are going to be in there as well. So let's get started. All right, so question number one. And I, I, all these questions you can get at CISSP Cyber Training. Got to put a plug, shameless plug for CISSP Cyber Training. You can get all these questions. Actually, I have these questions and more being added every single week. Uh, so if you want questions, which is highly recommended for the CISSP exam that you take lots and lots of questions, you can get all of those at CISSP Cyber Training. Okay, now question one. What protocol does VoIP primarily used for multimedia transmissions. A, SCTP, Sierra Charlie Tango Papa. B, RTP, which is your Romeo Tango Papa. C is SMTP. And the D is POP3. And the question, the answer is, again, what protocol does VoIP primarily use for multimedia transmissions? The answer is 
RTP, Real-Time Transport Protocol, and this is used for transmission of audio and video. Now question two. SIP messages are most commonly transported using which of the following protocols? UDP, TCP, ICMP, or UDP and TCP. And again, so SIP, SIP is one of the other aspects that is tied to voice over IP, which are messages are most commonly transported using which of the following protocols? UDP, TCP, ICMP, or both UDP and TCP. And it's true, it is D, UDP and TCP. SIP messages are most commonly transported using UDP and TCP depending upon the network conditions of the application then and the requirements associated with it. Question three. In a VoIP implementation, which of the following is responsible for initiating a session? So again, the main things that are in, in VoIP are SIP and RDP. So if you see any questions outside of SIP and RTP, you might want to ask yourself. A, SIP, B, RTP, C, RTCP, or D, SDP. Lots of acronyms. What are they all? Who knows? No. So again, which voice implementation, which following is responsible for initiating the session? SIP, RTP, RTCP, or SDP? And you basically break it down into either SIP or RTP. Well, it is SIP. That is the session initiation protocol and is responsible for setting up, managing, and terminating sessions in a VoIP implementation. Question four, which of the following is a fundamental difference between RTP and RTCP? Ooh, big words. What do we do? I don't know. More acronyms. A, RTP is used for data transport while RTCP is used for control purposes. Hmm, maybe. RTP is a control protocol and while RTCP is a transport protocol. That doesn't sound right. RTP supports multicast while RTT, RTCP does not. And that's Romeo, Tango, Charlie, Papa. RTP and RTCP serve the same purpose. Well, that's highly unlikely that they serve the same purpose. So when it comes right down to it, which of the following is a fundamental difference between RTP and RTCP? It is A. RTP is used for data transport, which we talked about in our last podcast. And if you didn't know, then RTCP, you could maybe guess that it's dealt for control purposes. And obviously, RTP transports the data with audio and video, while RTCP provides the feedback and the quality of the data distribution. Okay, SIP works on which of the following of the OSI layers? Layer 1, Layer 2, Layer 3, or Layer 7? SIP works on which one of the OSI layers? It works on Layer 7. Uh, SIP is the initiation protocol, again, and it operates on the application layer of the OSI model, which is layer 7. Which of the following protocols is used for signaling of VoIP calls? Okay, we talk about the signaling part of this. And again, you got SIP, RTP, iSCSI, or DNS. Well, it would be either SIP or RTP because that's what we talked about. But SIP, again, is the initiation protocol that's designed for this, and it signals that the VoIP call is going to be occurring, and it helps manage those sessions. Which of the following, question seven, which of the following is not a function of iSCSI? A, provide block-level access to storage devices. B, transmit telephone calls over the internet. C, enable remote storage to be connected over standard networks. Or D, enable data transfers over long distances. 
Okay, so obviously all of those sound very close like iSCSI, except for transmitting telephone calls over the internet. Uh, it does not, iSCSI is a protocol used for linking storage facilities, but does not have the functionality to transfer telephone calls over the internet. Question eight, what port does iSCSI use by default? Now in this question, you'd be going, hmm, I don't know what port it is, but maybe you can do the part that you might be able to cut out what doesn't exist what doesn't seem right so a443 well you know that's not it right it's dealing with ssl 80 that's dealing with internet traffic or 21 that's dealing i can't remember what 21 is port 21 which would be ftp or port 32 000, or 3260 okay so we know if you go by this 443 80 and 21 are using known protocols or known ports. Now, it doesn't mean you can't use iSCSI over port 21. Maybe you can, I don't know. But it doesn't mean you can't do that. But those are typically default ports. So, which one would it be? Most likely would be, if I was a guessing person, 3260 would be set up as a default connection for iSCSI. Which protocol enables iSCSI commands over the internet? Okay, we talked about RTP, SIP, VoIP, and then you got iSCSI. Obviously, iSCSI, because of the internet, is designed to transport SCSI commands over IP networks, enabling you to connect to storage devices over the network as if they were local. That's iSCSI. Question 10. Which protocol is used to encapsulate SCSI commands and then send them over Ethernet networks? And you got iSCSI, SIP, RTP, or RTCP. And iSCSI is used, obviously, to encapsulate SCSI commands over the Ethernet networks. Again, allows for storage area networks to be able to be used over existing network infrastructure. Which of the following protocols would an organization use to implement IP telephony? RTP, SIP, RTP and SIP, or RTCP? And the answer is RTP and SIP. Those are the ones that are used to implement IP telephone. Which of the following is the best way to secure SIP-based VoIP traffic? And the answer is A, SIP-aware firewalls. B, implement TLS. C, use strong authentication. Or D, all of the above. And I would say D, right? So we talk about all of these. Now, I say that we didn't talk about the SIP-aware firewall, but... That many of the firewalls in today's world do have that capability because they understand VoIP communications are such a large factor in almost all network activity in today's world. What function does RTCP serve in a VoIP implementation? A, data transmission. B, quality of service feedback. C, initiation of the session. Or D, termination of the session. And the answer is B, quality of service feedback. The RTCP, the control protocol, provides out-of-band statistics and control information for an RTP session, including quality of service and the feedback. What type of transport is iSCSI considered to be? A, block level, B, file level, C, packet level, or D, message level? So what type of transport is iSCSI considered to be? Block, file, packet, or message level transport? And the answer is A, block level transport. And lastly, which of the following protocols is an application layer protocol designed primarily to be used for establishing, modifying, and terminating multimedia sessions? Okay, 
A, RTP, B, SIP, C, RTCP, and D, iSCSI. The answer is SIP. It's a session initiation protocol that operates at the application layer and is primarily used for managing multimedia communication sessions, including initiation, modification, and termination. Okay, that's all the questions I have for today. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Again, go to CISSP Cyber Training. You can get these questions and many more that are, some are harder, some are easier, all kinds of varying questions that you can get based on the domain that you want to, to study. And again, I've got probably close to, I was about 700, 600 questions now, right now that are growing. And I grow by at least 15 to 20 every week, if not more. So that if you want questions, CISSP Cyber Training, has the questions for you. All right, have a wonderful day and we'll catch you on the flip side. See ya. Thanks so much for listening today as it was my pleasure to prep you for the CISSP exam. But are you interested in some free CISSP exam questions? Head on over to CISSPquestions.com and sign up to join my email list and you will gain access to 30 free CISSP questions each and every month. That's a total of 360 questions just for signing up with CISSP Cyber Training. You will also gain access to other free resources, so just head on over to freeCISSPquestions.com or CISSPCyberTraining.com and sign up today. All right, have a wonderful day, and we'll catch you on the flip side. See you.